All right, welcome to our Franchise Accelerator podcast episode. I would say one of our most important, because yeah. we are going to talk about year end. We are down to the wire, oh, like yes. 24 hours, 48 hours, like we are, we are there. If anyone you're watching, it's about over. <laughs> it's, the ball is about to drop, but it hasn't dropped yet. Correct. So what we wanted to go through today is a few last minute things. I think also getting in mind that yes, we are at your end, but not everything has to be done before the clock strikes midnight, right? There's a lot on the financial side that we can still gather after your end, but just having that awareness of, wow, like I am, I'm closing the books on 2023 very soon. So the first thing that we were talking about a little bit as we were getting ready is the idea of inventory. I think what we want to do from a standpoint of accounting and you know financial statements is really understand where we are. And the most important part of year end really is not your P&L, although that's part of it. It's really your balance sheet. So what? just a quick reminder for those of you who may forget the rules on the balance sheet, but the balance sheet is as a point in time. So it's as of one day, which would be 12-31-2023. So everything that we're going to do with our balance sheet is focused on where we are on that day. So it's not about going back and cleaning up a year's worth of transactions that we know are wrong. When we're looking at our balance sheet, we really are looking at where is that number today? So where's our cash today? Where's our receivable balance today? And where's our inventory balance today? But when we talk about inventory, especially in hospitality and retail, we want that to be something that has future value. So if you remember, inventory has, it's an asset, which means it inherently has future value. So we don't wanna carry with us things that are outdated, they're old, I'm not gonna use them. Those would be what we consider a write-off. So when we go and we look at our balance sheet, inventory I think is one of the most important numbers because we don't wanna be too high because then we're just, you know, sort of inflating our revenue, we're paying taxes on money that we really don't have, and we're also really now focused on those are dollars that are sitting on my shelf. So if I have a $10,000 inventory, that means I'm going to sell that $10,000 next year. But until I sell it, my cash is tied up in that inventory. So from an ops standpoint, talk to us about some of the things we could do to get ready for an inventory. Maybe I've never taken one before. I've never really thought about it before. Right, because we, yeah, we would recommend weekly or monthly doing inventory, but that's okay. If you've never taken it, that's fine. Yes. This is a great time it's a great to start. Time to start. Right? <laughs> like, the past, Your you account will be so happy with yeah. you, actually. Right. So <laughs> the first thing you'll do is, is organize everything, right? So again, okay. now you're from an operational standpoint, you're not just looking at dollars, you're getting your restaurant, your retail back to organize. Yeah. Everything, you know, maybe is really busy the last few weeks, things yeah. can be thrown around, maybe something's blocking something you didn't even know you had. Oh, you know, so Every every shelf gets organized, every storage area gets organized, and it's a perfect time as, again, if we're looking at how much dollars we have sitting yeah. here, we don't want to order three cases of something that we have two that was hidden behind something else. So yes. that would be step one. Um, but step two is making sure that each thing is categorized how you how you want it. Yes. Right? Are we counting each individual item? Are we counting the case? Um, you know, where is that inventory going? Is it going in a software system that you use for inventory? Is it just going as a dollar number in QuickBooks? Yes. You know, but somewhere it's in there. So like Ann said, you have value, you already paid for it. 
and then as you go on to you know January, the operational side <laughs> was maybe you could save some money because yeah. you already have some of the stuff. That would be big. Well, and goal. I think a lot of times when you see people who take an inventory for the first time, they're surprised by a dollar amount. We had a client recently who took you know, an inventory for the first time, and it was probably double what they thought it was going to be. Like, right. oh, I thought I had $10,000 in inventory. I actually have 20. So from that standpoint, you know, say I have 20, how do I start to kind of bring that down? Yeah, I mean, I think that's just coming up with a plan with you know, your team, whoever does the orders, you know, what that plan over the next four to six weeks are, right? If there's items that maybe we over-ordered and we weren't as busy as we thought the, the yeah. week between Christmas and New Year's, which is could be the busiest week of the year for restaurants. So yeah. what if it's a snow day or something or right. something happens? You know, I would think, you know, what's the plan to get rid of that product, right? Do we do specials? Do we create a new menu item? Do we something that, you know, get rid of the perishables? Yeah. The other stuff that's like dry goods or chemical or paper, let's just figure out now what can we not order over the next month, two months, three months? Yeah. You know, who knows how much you have sitting there? And at least keep your cash on hand and use through what you have. Well, and I think that's a really good point because at, from an accounting standpoint, this is where your accounting team, your ops team need to work together because from an ops standpoint, you could say there's no way I can count everything. I mean, look at the amount of paper products. Look at the uniform shirts I have. Whereas your accountant might say, well, I knew you weren't going to count it. So I already went ahead and expensed it. So we don't need you to count every paper plate that you have right. because that's already on my P&L. Like I wrote off everything at yeah. once. So that would be a good decision discussion to have because as a GM, you might say, well, I don't want you to write off you know, $5,000 of supplies that I'm going to use over the next two months. I'd rather keep it in inventory and give you the inventory balance every month. But if you're not going to keep up with the count, then your accountant bookie was just going to throw it into the P&L. Neither is wrong, but this is a great time of year to have that discussion because I think too many times we blow off inventory, so we don't have time for it. We tell our accountant, you know, maybe next year, forget it. And I cannot tell you how many times I've seen when someone goes to get financing, someone go, you know, they're getting an investor and they say, how could you possibly be a restaurant with no inventory? Right. It's a really good question. Yeah, because it's a lot of dollars. It's a lot of dollars. dollars. That's going to add to it. Um, No, I think that's a great point to set. Start now, get it in there, get your system. And then we would recommend, whether it's weekly or monthly, because I will say, I mean, done a work restaurants, you know, do $15 million in sales with 200 plus menu items. And we did inventory every week. It yeah. still can be done. It's not, I think one of the things, are, once you have a system in place, it's not going to take you and your team that long yeah. to do it. That's the... Well, and I would say hands down, I think what we've seen is there is a direct correlation between the people that take a weekly inventory and the people that are the most efficient. That yes. as much as your team might complain and you don't want to lose your good people, you right. know, like you said, it's a non-negotiable in a corporate environment, right? right? Yes. If you turn to your boss and was like, no, no, sorry, no. Like, it's not going to happen. No, oh, because it, it, it leads to so many other different things. Yeah. That's the thing. It's not just, oh, we're counting it as an exercise just yeah. to, to be busy work. We're, we're trying to figure out, are we ordering the right amounts? Are we wasting anything? Yeah. Are there be any theft? It just, it, there's so many things that stem from it that that's why we do it, not yeah. just as a busy activity to waste time. No, it's the cornerstone of our decision-making and our you know financial statements. If we don't have a change in inventory, then our cost of goods is not accurate. Right. And we know that, but if we don't have that part of someone taking account, 
Otherwise, we're just guessing. And I think, you know, that's where what's so important from an accounting standpoint that we forget is a lot of, you know, the wording on the accounting side is it isn't just an inventory. It's a physical inventory. And I think a lot of times we get kind of lulled to sleep by software. Oh, the software can just do an adjustment. It can predict the adjustment. But until you're standing there looking at the shelves, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, it's not always right, and that's the other part. Is right, even if your system is set up perfectly, right? Your your, your purchases are in there. Um, you know, your your software tells you what you sold every day, so everything should be in there. So in theory, at the end of the week, you should have ten cases of this. Right. If you don't count it, you don't know. Right. And I think that's where where it's theft or whether the you know I've seen different things where just it's wrong. The it's system's just not wrong. talking correctly. Yes. It's just saying maybe a recipe is not incorrectly. There's so many ways that that's not going to be. So you need to validate it. The other thing we see sometimes is when someone does do the inventory, they're just doing a check the box. Yes. And that that's a waste of time. Yeah. If you're not validating that what that person's doing is correct each week, and obviously there's a, a mistake every once in a while, that happens. But so many times we see that, you know, they're saying they have 20 cases of this and they have two. Yeah. And they have 100 pounds of this and they have one. Right. Now you're just you're falsifying <laughs> information and you're just, you're getting yeah. wrong information to, yeah. you know, to your books. Well, and that's why I think it isn't just, you know, taking a look it actually should be the owner right? in some yes. regard and the right. owner's eyes should be on it because it would be too easy for someone to just be like well there's eight fillets when there's two you know but if they're yeah. putting in the software oh even a, you know you can have a manager involved right. too right so we just need to have even if it's a spot check right sure. you're gonna pick five items that you're gonna go count you don't have to do it all day, but just that little reminder that like you are going to take a look, you are going to check them. It's so important. So, all right. So our first thing it's not too late for is inventory. The next thing I would say is really looking at your sales, right? Delivery fees, like just double check before the end of the year. And it doesn't have to be a big check, right? right? I would say one week even. Take your point of sale, yeah. run the sales report, have your bookkeeper send you that week of sale, and just check because so many times, it's not that the bookkeeper's bad, right? We don't want to throw things at the it bookkeeper. Might be, but not <laughs> and it's not that your you know, manager's bad, but there are times where things just get disconnected. It happens. But if we wait until the end of the year, there's the risk that, that number gets on a tax return, right. nobody checks. So don't have the assumption that somebody's going to check at some point. I think this is another thing that the owner, just to sanity right. check yourself, once you know it matches, then now you know when you get the report at your end from your bookkeeper, you get the report from your managers, right. you know you're good. So definitely think. And then I think that on the third party side, it's understanding how those are set up. Right. Well, how are they charging you? How yes. are you getting payments? Because that's, I would say, we probably have seen the most maybe over yeah. the last couple months with is just either fees aren't showing up correctly or even the sales aren't pulling yeah. correctly. Um, you know, again, sometimes the owner doesn't know when they're supposed to get the sales. Is it every day? So weekly, monthly. Yeah. So there's a lot with that, especially because it's just even how they started till now may have changed. That's what yes. we're seeing. Yes. You might have signed up for, let's say, DoorDash River Eats two years ago, and maybe they were giving you money this way. Right. And at some point along the way, it changed. I don't yeah. know why. You don't want to know why. And now we're like, instead of we're getting to year end, and you're like, wait, I don't see any fees on my QuickBooks. Yeah. 
or you pay fees. Right? Well, right, and a lot of times the manager may have thought it was already, you know, because I think a lot of times the softwares have tried to integrate more. So, you know, you thought the fee was coming out every day or it was showing up as a discount, but we just want to check because right. it's not like the manager was wrong. They could have been told it's there and it's just not there. So it happens, right? So we don't want to go back and get angry, but we just want to go back and fix it because especially like you're saying with the fees, we want to make sure that that's included as an expense. Right. And we've seen even some of the third parties do it differently. Yeah. That's the other thing. We've seen like, oh, well, DoorDash does it this way, Uber Eats does this way, and Grubhub does this way. Yeah. So maybe Toast is talking to two of the three, but not the last one. Yeah. So there's been a lot of, we've seen some of the confusion on that if you're not looking at it somewhat regularly. So. Yeah. And I think the other thing to really focus in on on sales is your catering deposits. Yes. Right? We want to make sure that when we go to year end, again, don't assume that your accountant's going to ask yeah. you about catering deposits. They might not even know you do catering, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, they're in their own little bubble of dealing with the IRS. So, you know, it's okay that you want to check first. And catering deposits is a big one because we want to make sure that we're not claiming revenue that we haven't earned yet. And I had, right. you know, a discussion. We did the restaurant owner tax thing this week and a great question here because they said, oh, but I'm cash basis, so I'm just going to pick it up as cash. Well, the catering deposits are different because you have not earned that money yet. So yes, you have it in hand, and yes, you might be cash basis, but you haven't earned that yet. And I think anyone who remembers COVID, right, how many times did you have catering events the last couple weeks of March that you had to give back because something happened and it was canceled? So to me, cash basis or not, to me, it's revenue when you earn it. And so we want to make sure, ask your team, because this is the other part that's changed on the software side. We have new catering software that nobody seems to understand. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we said there's, there's a lot, and that's kind of been a lot of new softwares that weren't yeah. here a few years ago because there is a need for them because they do keep track of the money and the events and all these things. But if you're not aware of how it gets to your balance sheet, how it gets to your P&L correctly, that's where we're seeing the problem. It's not that you don't have the money, just yeah. where it's going. And that's where I think a collaborative approach with your bookkeeper or CPA, because you know we had a couple clients where it's like, well, these people paid their bill, right? <laughs> so what do I do with it? And that's a you know a good discussion, right? Like walk through. Well, is there a refund policy? Is this a deposit right. or is this a sale? Like what is this? And let's just talk it through rather than just you know pointing fingers. Let's work together to say we want to do it right. We want to make sure we did it right. Okay. Yeah. Yes, is it going to be a sale this year or no, it's going to be a deposit. I'll pick it up next yeah. year and make sure everybody's on the same page. Everyone knows what it is well before we go and we do a tax return. Right, exactly. All right, so I'm going to say your next homework is your sales slash deposits. And then kind of working our way down the, you know, balance sheet. The next would be your fixed assets. Right? Did you make purchases this year? Was it in service this year? What did you buy this year? You know, as we're looking at the last couple of days, let's make sure, right? I mean, if you're not cash basis, so if you're accrual, which again, it goes back to knowing the rules. If you're accrual basis, you don't have to pay for it in order for it to count in 23. It has to be in service. So you could have a bill that you are going to pay next year, but the piece of equipment could be sitting in your location right now. But if your bookkeeper doesn't know that, it's just going to go in 24 when they pay it. So we all need to be on the same page of like what equipment is here, 
what do I have? Now, if you're cash basis, you have to pay for it. Right. So that's where we have to know before year end because there's a couple of days where we could still write a check and make sure it's in if we have to. Because too many times you see people like rushing to write the check, but you're accrual. So you don't have to pay for it. You just have to have the piece of equipment. So just do that check. You know, keep it on the radar. Also make sure that your accountant is aware of it. We have. We've had plenty of cases where someone used a personal card for points right. or whatever. We just want to make sure that we get everything documented and you know you get reimbursed for that, but it counts as a business expense because I think it's really important to know that's also some of your cash flow, right? right. Like if you say, yeah, Where did my absolutely. cash go? Well, this is a great time to look and say, Oh, look, my you know, my fixed assets went up by ninety thousand dollars. That's that's where my cash went. And that's right. okay, but I wanna I wanna see that. Yeah. And I'll that, that work for the same for like service. Like let's say this week's a big week and you have a huge plumbing problem. They come out and it's a four thousand yes. dollar bill, right? So yeah. you're not kind of trained. But I would say we had, I had a call with a client this week doing tax planning and they were like, We've asked all of our service providers to invoice us this week for work they've done and like nobody does. Well, that's what I mean, yes. right? You can't always get the invoice. I no. know that from experience. You can't always if, no. if, if Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve you have something and they have to come out, you don't always get an invoice for that. Well, they don't want to because it's income to them. Correct. So, yes, it becomes a little bit of a hot potato. But the rules for the business is when the service was done. Right. So you want to press them to send the invoice because you don't even have to pay it. If you're accrual, it's when the service right. was done. Okay. Cash, it's when you pay for it. So be aware, right? Ask your account, ask your bookkeeper, what am I? Just so you know, because you don't necessarily have to pay them, but you need that bill. Right. So, and it may be hard. <laughs> they were, I think, like over three. Yeah. They had three people with them invoices. It's like, well, good luck. <laughs> they may not. Because again, they're picking up the income. Right. So this is it's an important discussion. But once you wait till January 15th, you know, it may be too late right. for them to generate the invoice and, and put it in the, the prior day, year. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, all right. So keep that in mind on our fixed assets. The next is going to be our accounts payable. So if we think about the bills we owe, this is also similar to fixed assets, but also all of our bills, right? right. So what we want to do is kind of look at our accounts payable, look, make sure it includes everything you know is sitting on your desk. Again, if your bookkeeper is a couple weeks behind, that's okay, but your end is really important. We want to make sure that all the invoices get in with the correct date and they're, you know, your list of what you owe at the end of the year is accurate. Because too many times, again, when your banker is looking at your balance sheet, more than the P&Ls, which is when you think they're looking at the P&L, they're really looking at the balance sheet. And you want to make sure that number for your outstanding liabilities, your payables, is right. So if there's stuff, if there's credits, if there's, oh, I pay this just to get it recorded correctly, we really want to make sure that's there because the other thing this affects is your cost of goods. So if you had, you know, say you got invoiced for something and then, you know, you made a payment on an ACH or something and somehow you have it in both places, that's also affecting your cost of goods. So your cost of goods would be showing too high because you have the expense, but you also have the bill. So just a quick look at the bills might be a good time to ask your vendors for statements as you get to year end. Time, I would always have the bookkeeper yeah. or someone in the office call every yeah. vendor and say, I need that. Because like you said, if you got it, January 3rd, you still can probably yes. get it completed and be yeah. in the end. So. But the statement as of year end is great, right? right? It's a great check on the book, just in case they didn't miss anything. It's crazy. 
year. It's been a crazy year. Yeah. So, you know, we don't want to go back and yell, but we just right, want to do this clean. as a we're good check. Yeah. books going into the next year. Yes, because that's a great starting point for them rather than carrying it through right. and have these lingering things. So, you know, quick look at the AP. That's really important. And then the next one is our loan balances, right? So a lot of times our bookkeepers just recording the payment, right? They don't know the interest and the principal portion and that's okay. But at the end of the year, we really want to make sure that they're recording the interest because the interest is a tax deduction where the principal is not. So again, similar to the vendors, calling, call the bank, say, Hey, can you give me my most recent sure. statement? I think a lot of times now it's hard because everything's online. Right. So it's harder to get the statement, but you know, it doesn't have to be done right before year end, but it's definitely going to be aware of that. You know, you want that 1231 statement just to make sure the interest is correct. So then the other part is just going to be money that you put in. So did you put any money into the business this year, tracking that, making sure that we have our investment is captured? Um, and this would be true for you and any investors. I think that's the other thing that I see come up a lot at year end is, you know, your investor might say, well, I put $10,000 in the business. Are you tracking it? And and in truth, you may not be, right? You were busy. Right. <laughs> you just went to the bank balance. You just took the money and threw it in. <laughs> you made payroll, you're good. But, you know, now that we get to year end, you know, it, they will be happy if they know that you've tracked it, you've recorded it before they ask, because that also plays a part into the tax return. So you want to make sure that, yes, I have a schedule, I'm documenting it, and, you know, it isn't lost, because I think that gets lost pretty easily. So then operationally, is there anything else you think? You have two days left back two in days your left. I was talking about like the last payroll. Yeah. Like bonuses yeah. or owner salary. What could, you know, is that the decision now? Is that decision already passed? Well, us? no, that's true. I mean, I think, you know, the big thing there is owner salary. Okay. Um, you know, and also knowing if you're accrual or cash, because right. if you're accrual, you can always run it in January and book it as Got a prior it. year. But if you're cash basis, um, but yes, definitely. I think we get a lot of the questions this year about bonusing employees. Right. You know, can I bonus them? What does that do? And I think for me, a, you know, a good strategy here that I talk a lot about with our clients is the idea of reimbursements. Okay. You know, especially if you look at your manager team, um, you know, are they using their cell phone every day? Yeah. Are they kind of using a home office? Is there stuff that you know, you don't really think about throughout the year, but you know that they incur that you're really not compensating them for, that's a great thing to call a bonus. So rather than giving okay. them, you know, $500 on a paycheck, you could call it a reimbursement for the use of their cell phone for the whole year, and then now it's tax-free to them. Right. Nice. And is there a benefit or for the business there, or is it pretty It's much a all? benefit on the business side, too, because you still get that deduction. Now that's just part of your right. telephone expense, Got right? It. But you don't pay the payroll tax. tax. Yes. So again, nothing we want to go crazy. Right? No, but it makes sense. But, you know, and I think a lot of times, especially with the manager kind of writing it in as this is a discretionary, this was based right. on the use in 23. Um, but long term, especially as we get okay. into more expensive management teams, right. you know, it's something that as a company, that could be your policy. That if your GM 
you get $500 towards cell phone. You know, you could come up with what those are and do this monthly. It doesn't have to be done at the end of the year. But I think something in writing, you know, I always like to say something based on that position. So that way, like, the chef can't come back and say, why didn't I get cell phone? Well, you know, when you're GM, you get this. When you're chef, you get this. And that way, you know, it's fair across the board. But, you know, there's definitely things, you know, I think also for owners, Thinking about, you know, do you have a home office that you should be reimbursed for? Again, we want to keep it reasonable, but your company policy could also be to reimburse the owner for home office, owner for cell phone. So those little things, as much as it seems like it's not going to move the needle, sure, it's all about, you know, incremental tax savings. And if you're in a 20% effective rate, that's going to save you 20%. Right. Just could be a big could be, it yeah. could be a change or yes. it gives you from profitable or not. You know, there's yes. so many different ways it can go or variables once you get into it. So Yeah. But that's again like being aware. And I think that's the other part of, you know, from an op side, once you know, okay, am I profitable? Right. And you know what my effective tax rates, if you haven't had time to watch our restaurant owner seminar, we go through all of that. Once I know, okay, I'm in the twenty percent effective rate right. and I'm profitable, okay, maybe I do want to make that extra you know, repair guy come right. out this week. You know, maybe there are sure. a few little things. But even if I spent 5000 this week on just stuff I was going to do anyway, the repair, the, you know, piece of equipment is just missing, right. whatever it is, at 20%, that's so, a good tax. Yes. On that five, you basically got it on sale, right? right. You basically paid $4,000 for $5,000. If you look at it like that, exactly, it might change the decision-making on something. Yeah. So I say, yeah, it is worth that. So, And then I think the second piece is, you know, to all of this is knowing, okay, once the book's closed, you do still have some time to put everything together, you know, especially remember the pre-tax retirement accounts, like IRA contract, all of that really doesn't have to be done until April 15th. Okay. So don't panic. You know, there's nothing, the key here is getting the books in order, is it going through the balance sheet, saying like, yes, these are final numbers, and then we can do some, you know, tax strategy and tax planning from there. So, all right, well, this was a good episode. Happy New Year to everyone, and we will see you in 2024.